Welcome to Calf Kick MMA Podcast, where the Calf Kick Bros talk all things MMA. So get ready to scrap. Record. This recording? I think it's recording. Awesome. All right, we are live with the first ever Calf MMA. What are we again? Calf Kick yeah. MMA Podcast. Now say that correctly this time. No. Calf Kick MMA Pod. Look, this is your name. And now my Zoom is freaking out. Anyway, <laughs> we are live with the first episode of our brand new podcast, Two Pals, talking about MMA, originating from that you call me all the time. And that's pretty much all we talk about. This could have easily been a wrestling podcast a few years back. Not anymore. Not anymore. It's strictly been MMA for probably a good year. That's all we talk about. And uh, I am Jamie. Across from me on the other side of the world is uh, Creole. Hello. What's up, Creole? Not much. I'm tired. <clears throat> Indeed. We are in the eve, or no, the day, the morning of a huge fight card. And that is UFC 2. What is this? 59. Three title fights, huge card. It has 15 fights. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, 15, yes, 15 fights. This is a gigantic card. What are your initial thoughts? Uh, it's, yeah, it's a huge card that I think only, everybody just cares about two fights on it. Um, actually, just one. Um, I was about to say nobody nobody cares about Amanda Nunes and uh, Megan Anderson. Um mm. It, and I don't know. I think Megan Anderson might have this, maybe. Um, I'm kind of leaning that way myself. But anyway, uh, are you looking at the card? Uh, yeah, what's up? What up? Yep. Do you have any interest in any of the early preliminary card? Uh, I care about um, the early preliminary. Prelims? Of course, you're going to watch them all, right? You watch from start to finish. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm a huge fan of Tim Elliott. So, yes. Um, I see him. I see Jake Matthews. I think I know him. Pretty much not familiar with the rest of the names on the early prelims. Yeah. Uh, the prelim card, though, I'm really excited for. I mean, this card has the start at like. Regular prelims usually start at seven. So the early oh, like, six, like five or six. Four. I mean, it looks like it's going to start at like four. This is a huge card. I can't even think of the last card with 15 fights. That's a lot. It was probably UFC 205. UFC 205. Well, with the magic of Wikipedia. We can see. No. <laughs> I think that card lost some fights. Mm. It has uh, 11. 11 fights. I was going to say UFC 200, but it had a bunch of injuries and withdrawals too. Um, I'm more excited about the uh, prelim card than the main card. 
phone hasn't rang all day and as soon as we start recording beep 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 beep, beep so i just silence that so yeah, let me actually want to do that yourself okay you can't minimize zoom while recording that's a that's a lesson for you <laughs> anyway i probably won't be checking out the early prelim car got stuff to do content to record um like i'm excited to see dominic cruz come back yes. So moving, uh, moving into the regular preliminary card on ESPN Plus, uh, Dominic Cruz, Casey Kenny headlining that guy. Oh, Joseph Benavides, Kai mm -hmm. of France. Those are a few names. Uh, Song Yadong. Uh, I think I've, I think I remember him fighting. Let me check his record. Yeah, he just fought Marlon Vera back in May. I fucking love Kai. Like Kai Car. Yeah. He's got a loss. I don't know why. I thought like he, he went to rising. Like for the longest I thought he was he went to rising. No, uh, he has one fight in rising back in 2016. Mm, wow. Um yeah, just the prelim card looks really nice. Joseph Benavidez coming off of two big losses. Uh, I don't think I saw champion. Joseph Benavidez's last fight, but I saw yeah. when he came back and got, like, snuffed. By Davison Figueredo. He's had a bad time against the current champion, Davison Figueredo. Bad, <laughs> bad, time. bad time. I mean, Davison Figueredo is, like, twice his size. They're in the same division, but... I don't know how this guy makes weight, but he does, and then starches Joseph Benavidez. It's not a good fight for him. He's 36, fighting uh, Askar Askarov. Is that the guy who was, like, just fired? For the Let me see. Maybe not. He last fought when Joseph Benavidez last fought back in July. He is 12 and 0. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> and he's only 28. Um, Not looking good for old Joseph B. Yeah. Someone missed weight. Catch weight 127. Um, Joseph Benavidez is like a legend, so I don't know if he would have missed weight like that. Maybe. I can't tell who missed weight. I feel like I feel like he wouldn't miss weight. Yeah. Yeah. Askar weighed in at 127 pounds, one pound over the flyweight non-title fight limit. So I was like, overweight uh fighter again fighting Joseph Benavidez and Askar. Because the first time Joseph Benavides fought a Davidson Figueredo, Figueredo missed weight and you know annihilated him. Yeah. And the second time he made weight and actually won the belt. That's why they had to rematch because of the weight situation. Uh, somebody, else, all those guys like have been coming back in those smaller divisions who are like legends and been getting dominated. Um, yeah. Like, uh, who? Who was it in Bellator that um 
his last person to knock out uh he always gets a claim for knocking out uh Nate Diaz. What uh, Josh kick. Thompson. Josh Josh Thompson's last fight in Bellator, <laughs> he got dominated. Dominated. And I, I told and I was telling everybody that uh, how good Josh Thompson mm-hmm. was. Josh Thompson can't sleep on Josh Thompson, but he got old really fast. He's just been around, you know. Eventually, the tank runs out, and I think that's where Joseph Benavidez is, unfortunately. But that, that's <laughs> enough of that fight. Let's head into – this is where we're going to find out if Dominic Cruz has anything left in the tank. Coming off of his loss to uh, Henry Cejudo, where he got just outclassed. But that was the first time he had fought in four years. Uh, I – we get to see how good he does, but also uh, I like um, him because he acts for this fight. Uh, yep. Joseph Benavides, um, not Joseph Benavides, but um, Dominic. Yeah, Dominic Cruz acts for this fight, and I rather him like, hey, cool, fight, fight once a year, let his body heal. Like I don't want to see him win a belt. Like he held up the division way too much um, when he was champion because he was always injured. Like his his body just can't take it anymore. That's that's the question we're going to be answering tonight. Uh, Casey Kenny, sixteen and two. Uh, the reason he wanted to fight Casey Kenny because they're both fighting out of Arizona. So he'd rather, if he loses, he'd rather give his name to another Arizona guy. And uh, Dominic Cruz looked phenomenal at the weigh-in. Looked, I think, way better than he did against Henry Cejudo. He looked looked a little old in there against Cejudo. Something <laughs> he wasn't moving right. His body didn't look right. This time, his body looks looks a lot better. I feel like you beat Dominic Cruz if you just, like, fight starts and you just run at him. <laughs> well, I think Dominic has to start changing his game. His, his knees have literally been reconstructed <laughs> four times. He used to be just, just movement, bobbing and weaving and ducking and diving. I just don't think we'll see if he tries to implement the same style. He tried it against Cejudo and just epic failed, caught a knee, which is insane to think someone could hit Dominic Cruz with a flying knee. Uh, Casey Kinney, a lot of decisions on his record. Uh, he has a guillotine choke in his last three and then a knee way back in – oh, no, it's 19. Oh, he, he, this guy fights a lot. Wow, Casey Kinney is very active. He fought four times in 2020, three times in 2019. So uh, this is a very active fighter versus a not very active fighter in Dominic Cruz. And the young man, uh, 29, Casey Kinney, versus 35, Dominic Cruz. Yeah, 35. And 35 in uh, the Bantamweight division is a lot different than like a heavyweight 35. Bantamweight, that's like old. You're real old old at Bantamweight at 35. So, big fight for Dominic Cruz. Uh, I'm pulling for him. Mm -hmm. Oh, if he gets it, probably not, but hopefully. I'm betting against him. (laughs) I'm going to say Dominic Cruz, and I'll also go with my boy Joey B, just because I like to go for the veterans. But uh, Joey B – Gonna have a rough, rough. I think a rougher time than Dominic Cruz. Oh, a hundred percent, for sure. But uh, I hope they get it done. 
So, uh, I guess we haven't talked about, uh, you know, why people may want to listen to a couple of a couple of pals talking about MMA. Should we talk about a little uh, how long we've been fans or anything like that, or you just want to skip all that? Uh, we can do that. Um, all right. All right. Um, um, I started watching MMA in like '04. Oh four oh five. Um uh the first time I saw MMA was um Pride. Um late at night I had some called uh, the Fox Sports Network, FSN. Yeah. Uh, and it used to play uh if you remember Fox Sports Net used to uh, that was the only way to watch TNA when it was an hour long. Um and then uh one of my first fights, I'm pretty sure was um I think it was Vandalay versus uh, Sakuraba. And I was like, what is this? And I was just blown away. And then um, they had literally showed the uh, fight between, uh, I think, after the uh, Pride, uh, like, little show. Uh, if you remember Best Damn Sports Show, where it's just, oh, like, God. six guys talking on a couch about sports. And they were talking about um, – I think it was Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell's like second fight. Yeah. And I I was blown away. Um like it just and been watching it ever since then, since like oh four, oh five. Yep, that's a name that I remember hearing. You know, Tito Ortiz, I think, was kind of the first major name where it started circulating in the news. And then that went into Chuck Liddell and Randy Couture. And I definitely remember seeing like commercials with uh, Tito Ortiz and Andre Orlovsky were two big names, two champions back then. And I was like, I've got to watch this. And I remember <laughs> like being told, you know, we couldn't order the pay-per-views because, you know, it was cage fighting. So that's how uh, I guess that ages us a bit that we were like still, I don't know, like preteen there. And I was like 12, yeah. it was like 02, 03. So I was like 12, 13. And uh, trying to watch some MMA, and it was it was difficult back then. It's difficult. Cage fighting had a bad rap. Uh, so anyway, we're trying to say we some old heads in the game. <laughs> We've been around uh, the block. We've been watching for a long time. Me and you, like self-taught jujitsu, <laughs> pretty much. We used to just throw mats down and watch a fight and say, "Let's try that and do that." Uh, backyard wrestling. We've done that. We're just some some. We just used to make it happen. Hey, we were the first people to have a. No, we had gloves. I was about to say we, we started bare knuckle boxing, but that's not true. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, uh, the but that's one thing I think that we both did. We uh we went back and like saw the history. Yeah, um, you've seen the game from when it was you know criticized heavily, barely getting any television show i watched the first ultimate fighter live all the way through caught every episode i remember watching the finale with my dad and like uh stephen bonner and forrest griffin just throwing blows and like him like reading the newspaper and then like looking up every now and then and then putting the newspaper down and then we're both hollering at the tv like this is the greatest thing we've ever seen it, uh i recently just saw that fight uh definitely doesn't stand the test of time that was a very i don't know about that wise <laughs> yes but pure fight wise that fight still holds up that's a great fight uh i remember thinking stefan bonner won i was very yeah. mad with the decision i think rewatching it a couple uh 
Well, I rewatched it probably five, six years ago. It's been a while. I rewatched the whole season. And, uh, you know, I was like, nah, Forrest won. He was, he was more complete fighter. Bonner was throwing fancy stuff, though. Like, he, he was the first person I've ever seen throw, like, spinning back kicks and stuff. And I was like, whoa, he doing some stuff. He was like the – what was he, the American – American psycho. Psycho, that was it, yeah. Yeah, that was a crazy fight. Diego Sanchez uh, just destroying Kenny Florian. That was good. And uh, <laughs> Rich Franklin fought Ken Shamrock on that card. And, like, main event, I think that's the main event. Uh, the main event's not Forrest Griffin and Stephen Bonner, I don't think. I think it's Ken Shamrock and Rich Franklin. I might be wrong. I have a Wikipedia. Why don't I use it? <laughs> um, anyway, keep talking. I don't – I really don't remember that fight at all. Uh, Ken Shamrock and um, and Frank. Um, it's, yeah. it's weird. It's weird because, um, I, yeah, I didn't come in, like – Yep. Rich Franklin and Ken Shamrock is the main event of the Ultimate Fighter Season 1 finale. Hmm. Uh, I, I was so hyped for Ken Shamrock. I was like, he's going to destroy him. <laughs> and he attempts like the ankle lock in that fight. Like he it drops down for a heel hook. And I was like freaking out because, you know, he was in like the WWF a few years before. And I was like, I ain't going to lock. Had no idea who Rich Franklin was. They're like, this math teacher is going to fight the world's most dangerous <laughs> man, Ken Shamrock. And Rich Franklin beats the mess out of Ken Shamrock in this fight. Completely a uh, big fight for Rich Franklin, kind of his thrust into stardom. Great placement by the UFC, putting the math teacher, talking about he's going to fight the world's most dangerous man, and then having Rich Franklin just uh, murder Ken Shamrock on national television in one of the biggest fight nights in UFC history. So that thrusted him into the title picture of him like winning the belt and stuff. So, awesome. Awesome memories with that fight. But anyway, uh, we're self-taught jiu-jitsu, but then you also have uh, gone on to, uh, you know, to have military training and stuff like that. So, I've also, you know, played around. We used to get trained by Sensei Romulus Natchitoches. <laughs> you know, he started the class off with a little quick jab to the face, bust our lips right off the bat every class. Can you, you remember that? Every, yeah. every, every class he'd bust your lip. And then you just bleeding the whole class. It was awesome. Good time. So Kimbo um, body training, jujitsu training. Um, you remember uh you did the uh you actually it was like in you might have been a 11th grade or a senior in high school, but uh you did those like tutorial videos of uh Gracie Jiu Jitsu. Yeah, I did some yeah. that's when the Gracie Academy first launched. Uh or it might have not launched, it was just them uploading to YouTube or something. But, yeah, we watched them. Uh, I've traveled to Tim Crater's gym. It was just for, like, a day. And then he had, like, a week free trial, so I went back later that week, uh, me and Jake did. And, uh, you know, it's really eye-opening when you train with some legit jiu-jitsu players and just the, the, the force and the crushing power that you just you just sandwiched on bottom. And uh, that's real eye-opening, training with real people. I was training with, like, a purple belt. The one time I went through a Tim Crater jiu-jitsu class and just got up, so bones were cracking, uh, snapping and cracking and popping. Uh, but it was a good time, like a four-hour road trip down there to get smashed. It's eye-opening. It's awesome. And then I got to, we got to talk to Dustin Poirier after the class 
for just a brief <laughs> second. That was right before he was going to fight Max Holloway for the first time. He would just refer to him as a Hawaiian kickboxer before the fight was announced. <clears throat> little uh, did he know. <laughs> little did he know he was about to fight. At the time, it was Max Little Evil Holloway. But when he really? came to UFC, yeah. Came to UFC, you know, uh, Jen's Little Evil Pulver has the nickname. So I think UFC made him change it. So then he changed it to Blessed. So interesting history right there. I didn't know that at all. Wow. Yep. He was uh, Max Little Evil Holloway. When he was fighting in Hawaii, like murking people, he was a monster. <laughs> and then Dustin, you know, submits him a couple months later. But, uh, you know, we have not extensive experience, but we do have, you know, we've, we've went to gyms. We've been smashed. We're self-taught. We've been in gyms. You know, that's what I'm trying to get at. You um, want to, yeah. So what have you done? Um. Uh, <clears throat> I had my uh, youth pastor beat me up for like yep. four years. Yep. You, you would get smashed by him and then bring <clears throat> home a new jujitsu technique and be like, this is what he did to me. <laughs> um, for like four years of that, uh, which was like, and just grappling with you guys a lot, like really helped when I went to the Marine Corps. Uh, and I like went through, I ran through the, um, the courses to get my uh, green belt in mm-hmm. Marine Corps martial arts program. And that was like really, that was really fun. Uh, also, my um, my instructor was like a black belt in uh, in jujitsu, so like we grappled a lot. Um, and he would go out to Temecula, California, and uh, go uh, go train there. I, <clears throat> it was weird because uh, there was a team quest that got built like a year after I left California, like twenty yeah, minutes yeah. away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Yeah, uh, after I hadn't grappled in like a minute. Uh, last time I legit grappled was uh, when I was a corrections officer. Yeah, I mean, um, no, I haven't rolled in years. Uh, when I when I deployed, um, coming back, we wound up going to um, <clears throat> Kuwait, and I grappled with this uh nineteen year old kid. Like I was like one fifty, he had been like one ninety. Um, and he just like brute force, like everything I had to do to like take him down was to like be fast as possible. It was, it was one of those things where it's like, uh, like, yeah, like he can, um, he can stiff you really good with the, uh, like, you know how you can just leverage your arm bar until he finally like taps. Like, nah, I had to almost break his arm immediately. Like, (laughs) I also um, want to emphasize real quick just how hard it was to find like training, you know, probably pre 2010. Like it was hard to find a gym or anybody who knew you. Like you said, your youth pastor was like one of our jujitsu connections and you would learn stuff and bring it back. And then we found the Kempo karate class and it just happened after the Kempo karate class, we would roll jujitsu and he didn't know much either. He would actually learn from the gym like, like, like he would go roll with your youth pastor, right? Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. So he was actually learning jujitsu from the same guy that we were learning jujitsu to begin with too. But uh, we don't have, we didn't have any uh, like wrestling programs in our high school at all. Nothing like that. And I actually tried one year, uh, me and Anthony actually went around to the coaches and we're like, does anybody know wrestling? Can coach <laughs> wrestling? And there was one who did, I forgot who it was, but he said, uh, 
he did not believe in the in the phrase, you know, if you build it, they will come. He was like, no, one, <laughs> no one's doing this. It'd just be you two. It'd be ridiculous. I remember. I don't believe that at all. I think if you build it, you know, it, they will come. I fully believe in that in that phrase. And uh, so it was just hard to find, especially where we grew up. I remember you had said uh, if we had done wrestling class, uh, you would have dropped out of ROTC so fast. Yes. <laughs> yes. I would have. I would have probably went to college. I'm not kidding. Mm. I would have tried to pursue that to the nth degree. Because I was like, my ninth grade year, I was like, where's the wrestling? And, uh, you know, that prompted no wrestling, uh, no amateur wrestling in high school. Well, I guess I'm starting a backyard program back <laughs> at the house. So that's what happened. And then uh, I remember rolling with the purple belt. And after we rolled and he smashed me, I don't know how he picked up on anything, but he's like, you must have some amateur wrestling background. You must have wrestled in high school. And I was like, nope, self-taught. That's it. So I did something to at least get that acknowledgement. <laughs> it's funny uh, in the Marine Corps when we have grappling sessions and like everybody thought I'd wrestle as well. Uh, yeah. And I was like, nope, nothing. Uh, nothing. Yeah, we are self-taught to say the least. And it's really cool these days. It's pretty easy to find a jujitsu gym these days. But uh, yeah. I'm definitely a little past that. I've had some pro wrestling training as well, hurt my knee. And I was like, well, I guess that's the end of this uh, journey. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I would dominate everybody actually in the pro wrestling class, too. Like, no one knew. Because around here, there's just no amateur wrestling. So, jiu-jitsu is the only thing. And I would use – we couldn't do submissions in that class. Uh, they were banned. You had to, like, get a pin. So, I didn't know how to pin people. So, I was just triangling <laughs> people and sweeping people constantly. And, uh, like, wrestling with full heavyweights and just sweeping them with ease. And I know, but I'd still lose because the size eventually does overwhelm you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. So not being, you know, we're still right under blue belt level, probably. Well, you're probably a little more. You've had the military training and stuff, but, uh, you know, I've never been in a class. Unless I, I could have potentially kept going to Tim Crater's, but the expense at that time, that was like 2011 or something. There's no way I could afford traveling to Tim Crater's gym. And, uh, you know, affording his classes to actually go through the belt system. How much was that, by the way? I don't remember. It was a pretty good bit, though. Mm. Especially the role with Tim Crater, which is what I would want to do. <laughs> but the, he had some – everybody else in that gym was really good. They were purple belts uh, and up brown belts. There were some serious jiu-jitsu competitors in that gym. And uh, there's like three branches now of the Gladiators Academy. Uh, Bro Bridge and somewhere else. Still South Louisiana, though. I don't think there's one in North Louisiana yet. Um, if I remember correctly, um, Tim Tim Crater had an awesome UFC fight. Oh yeah, Tim like, Crater had some wars. I like that's like he's definitely like he's like top ten. Uh, his fight versus um. I, I can't remember right now, but yeah, it was a bar. Tim Crater fought Nate Quarry. And that Nate, fight, that's I was it. Like, that's it. Who is this guy? Where does he train? They, you know, they announced him Lafayette, Louisiana, and that's what got me interested in his gym. And then Dustin Poirier debuted, I think, a year later. I think the Tim the Tim Crater, Nate Quarry fight was 09, 010. And then Dustin yeah. debuted, I think, 010. 
and he beat Josh Crispy, I think was his name, dominated him. And I was like, I got to find this gym. So one, one, uh, w- one week, you know, me and Jake headed down south for something. I think we were moving him out of a job site or something. He was like, didn't you say there's a gym around here? And we did the gym <laughs> train. It was a good time. But anyway, that's enough about us. Let's get back to the, <laughs> the super card. But that's a little backstory. On uh, we're from Louisiana. There's not a lot that back in our day, MMA, you know, was looked uh, more down upon and there's not too many gyms, nowhere to train. So Tim Crater and Dustin Poirier were really eye opening, you know, fighters where we're like, there's people fighting out of Louisiana. And there was Melvin Gillard, too. There's a couple others, you know, but Melvin Gillard, you know, I don't think trained in Louisiana. You know, he went to Greg Jackson's. You know, most people from Louisiana left Louisiana. Daniel Cormier you yeah. know, went to wrestle in Oklahoma. But Tim Crater and Dustin Poirier trained out of Lafayette, Louisiana, and got to the UFC off of, you know, the training. Tim Crater. And Tim Crater, where did he get his belt from? He called it like Thug Jitsu. Uh, uh, that's – um. Yeah. Uh, it's escaping me, but there was like a quick uh, Tim Crater – Someone else, someone else. There was like four of them. It was a uh, Doug Jitsu was uh, Eve Edwards. Eve Edwards, that's it. And yep. from uh, Houston, Texas, yep, I believe. Yep. So Tim Crater at one point went to Houston and then brought back those, you know, things he learned to start the Gladiators Academy with the Doug Jitsu old school right there. Awesome. But anyway, back to the card. So we have. Main event, Jan Blockowitz versus Israel Adesanya. Women's featherweight, Amanda Nunes versus Megan Anderson. Bantamweight championship, Peter Jan versus Aljamain Sterling. Lightweight fight with Islam Makachev versus Drew Dober. And then light heavyweight fight, Tiago Santos, Alexandra Rechik. What you think? Um, Who are you most excited about? Uh, the top three co- the top three cards. Uh, I'm really interested in uh, seeing uh, Tiago Santos again. Um, yeah, really interesting. Just made his comeback. Blew out both legs after fighting John Jones and got destroyed by Glover Teixeira. I missed that fight, but didn't seem like it went very well for Tiago Santos. Um, I I don't remember that fight either. I remember uh, when, yeah. Uh, Glover Tresor has been killing people, so like, yeah, just it's <laughs> it's wow. Yeah, Glover Teixeira is on a run, and he weighed in in case someone drops out of the main event. He was the replacement for this fight, and it's crazy. If Izzy would not have moved up, Glover could potentially be fighting Jan tonight, and could potentially be the light heavyweight champion. I think I would rather see that fight than Jan versus Izzy. <laughs> You would sell probably not many pay-per-views, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a good fight. I would have loved to have seen it. I think Glover has a great shot at beating Jan. Uh, that was back in November. So Glover, very active. And Tiago Santos bouncing back very fast against Alexander Rachik, who was very tall, six foot five. Holy crap. Just beat Anthony Smith in August. That Yeah, that was that fight that, Anthony Smith, I think his home had got invaded and his like head, yeah. you could tell his head wasn't in the game at all. Yeah, Anthony Smith against. has not been quite the same. But uh I think he just got a big win back. So he's back on the winning side of things. 
But anyway, uh, Tago Santos, I'm hoping he has a good performance and bounces yeah. back from his multiple leg surgeries and recovery. Islam Makachev, you know about this guy? Uh, I don't. I know about Drew Dauber, though. Drew Dober, yeah. Yeah. Um, he was – Drew Dober was on a skid for, like, a, a minute, and uh, he – I think he's going to continue on that skid. <laughs> uh, I think he he's came, probably on a winning streak now. But. Yeah, he's on a winning streak now. Yeah. Uh, three in a row. Three, t- three uh, KOs. Two five, uh, 2020. He said, um, he said, uh, what did he say? He said, uh, I saw an interview actually last night and he was like, I, I stopped caring. And it was like, nah, just mm-hmm. go in there, have fun. And he, he's been dominating, just having fun. Yeah. His uh, early UFC career had a bit of a rocky start. Two losses, one win, no contest loss. Yeah, he was just kind of a win-lose type of fighter for a while, but then kicked it in the gear a few years ago and has been a pretty good streak. Lost to Benil Dariush in 2019, but back on a three-fight win streak. But he's going to run into a wall with Islam Makachev, I do believe. Uh, Dagestan wrestler, Sambo guy. Khabib fully believes this guy's going to be the champion probably by the end of the year. So does uh, Daniel Cormier. He's been a uh, talking a lot about old Islam. It's like um, all those uh, Dagestani like fighters are super dangerous and they're going to dominate MMA in the next like now they're dominating now. Like, but the winner of this fight is going to be propelled to fighting someone in the top 10 and then we'll see what they're really about. uh, What do you think of the, uh, Peter Yan and uh, Aljamain Sterling fight. Peter Yan and Aljamain Sterling, very, very good fight. Uh, Peter Yan, you know, his last two wins have been impressive, but he's also fought some older competition in Uriah Faber and Jose Aldo. And uh, he has never fought a guy like Aljamain, I think. Aljamain has been in the thick of things quite a while in the UFC he's lost to some big names and he's beaten some big names and he's on a five fight win streak I think he's beaten better people I think he's had better competition he's had the ups and downs of the UFC I think tonight is Aljo's night to shine what do you think uh his last fight was against uh Corey Sanhagen and Corey Sanhagen uh got um got a beautiful flying knee to um to what's his name frankie edgar yeah um that was so that win has aged quite well mm-hmm. what you're saying yeah um uh, cory sanhagen a monster but i think he learned something from that start it seemed like if you go back and watch the sterling fight it didn't seem sanhagen didn't seem like warmed up there was no sweat on his body it seemed like he just walked out there and was like i'll warm up in the cage and aljamain gave him zero time <laughs> he swarmed him. So if you're gonna fight Aljamain, a grappler, a serious he is, you got to come out with a good sweat. You got to warm up in the back pretty heavily. And you got to be ready to go. So uh, tonight is a real, I think, striker versus grappler type matchup. We'll get to see if Jan's complete MMA game is there. And uh, you know, we'll see if he's the real deal or not. 
Uh, I see. I still see uh, Aljamain Sterling um, winning by submission. Me too. Yeah. Me too. I think uh, even if Peter Young keep him off him in a couple rounds, I think third, fourth round, Aljamain will get that submission. Uh, either, either Aljamain Sterling gets starched in like the first round, or I see I see him winning by decision. Uh, for Aljamain Sterling, by submission or decision. Right. Uh, and Jan, uh, you know, doesn't just come out there and starch people. He really breaks them down. So a first round KO from Jan isn't really in his wheelhouse. I mean, you know, you can anybody can you know turn that around if he's you know coming for it and this matches up with this. And you know, uh, Aljamain dives on a takedown like he did Marlin right at the beginning and gets flying need. But uh. That's not typically in Jan's wheelhouse to get an early KO. He really breaks down his opponents. One of the fighters uh, he broke down that I specifically remember was um, uh, Uriah Faber. Uriah Faber. Faber was doing pretty decent the first round, and just every minute that ticked by, Jan was just destroying, just breaking down his whole game until eventually he just KOs him with the head kick. Uh, and also, I don't know how fast uh, Aljamain Sterling is. Like, do you know, like, what type of starter he is? Because I know Peter Yan isn't that – it's a pretty slow starter. Like I said, based off the, you know, the Santa Hagen fight, Aljamain came right out, mm-hmm. ready to go uh, <laughs> through, like, some ones, some ones, some twos, got in early. Uh, Santa Hagen threw a leg kick. Sterling caught the kick immediately, clinched. <laughs> Took the back, didn't let go of the back, you know, uh, triangled the body and uh, got the choke. So uh, Sterling, yeah, Jan's a slower starter. Uh, Sterling's kind of, that's how he got need, you know, by uh, Marlon coming out fast. So he's a fast starter. I think Aljamain gets it done and we're going to have a new champion. Or Peter Jan shows that he has a complete MMA game and, you know, has a good performance, but I, I'm going Aljamain. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of my two sides. Either Jan shows that he's a true champion with a complete game or Aljamain shows that he's been around the block. He's ready to take this belt. And I think he gets it done. Is that what you think? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the co-main event, uh, co-main. Megan Anderson versus uh, Manny Nunes, Nunes, the greatest female fighter of all time you know they talk about the goats in the men's division it's so debatable that we will never talk about it i don't think because it's just ridiculous i think the goat conversation is a very new mma fan kind of conversation because they don't even like you know to talk about anderson silva's title reign already you know we're forgetting about what gsp has done so it's a it's a ridiculous conversation. The slander against Fedor is insane. Fedor isn't even <laughs> thought about anymore in what is the GOAT conversation. So I, but when it comes to the women's division, it's pretty easy. Amanda Nunes has literally beaten every other GOAT there is, except Gina Corona. Gina uh, <laughs> Corona's a GOAT to you? No, but... Like she's beating everybody else. <laughs> I mean, there's Rhonda, there's a cyborg. Uh, and why don't you go back and watch Gina fight that 
that steroided version of Cyborg and tell me she didn't do pretty good. I mean, we were watching Cyborg literally just beat on girls for rounds. Like, it was ridiculous. All you did was survive. Gina actually mounted Cyborg at one point. It was the very end of the uh, first round. Yeah. And Cyborg was like, yep, nope, and got up in that uh, second round and just guns a-blazing. Yeah. Um, Anyway, that's a conversation for a different day. (laughs) Anyway, Amanda Nunes um, has beaten all the women, all of them. Uh, I I don't know. For me, I feel like uh, this might be Meg Anderson's time. Uh, it's time for definitely a new champion in that division. Um, like she, Amanda uh, Nunes has like. Let, let me let me spell this out for you. If Megan doesn't beat her, there is no more featherweight division. It's gone. Mm. It's gone. There's no way. She would literally have cleared the division. <laughs> UFC hasn't been building contenders. I think it's gone. I think if Nunes beats Megan, no more division. Because they made it for uh, Cyborg when she made it for Cyborg. Uh, But then, you know, Cyborg disagreeing with the UFC. UFC, you know, slid some money Nunes' way and was like, can you take uh, care of this problem we got? (laughs) Didn't give Cyborg a rematch. It's ridiculous. Because uh, we didn't get to see, you know, the cool calm collected cyborg fight Nunes. So I think the rematch would have been more interesting. Yeah. And it should have immediately been a rematch. Should have uh, immediately like, been a rematch. It's ridiculous. I don't care how fast she was knocked out. Cyborg, you know, was the unbeatable force at that division. And uh you know she thought she was ready to fight. About time yeah. that fight was escalating, they were both just ready to swing. And uh Cyborg kind of lost control. I think a cool comp uh, Cyborg is a much better fight. I still don't think she beats Nunez, but it's a much better fight. Yeah. Um, I I I want Meg Anderson to win. I don't see her winning, but I would like for her to win. Um, but also if she wins, like you know she's fighting next, right? Uh Holly Holm. And then if Holly no. Holm wins and no, uh, Megan, oh <laughs> you talking about Nunez or Megan? Megan. No, if Megan, Megan wins. You you don't think Nunes is gonna immediately rematch? I think it's an immediate rematch. Um, I don't, she has another belt to defend. Mm. That that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, but, she has another belt to defend, and then turn around and uh, and Holly Holmes like I'm ready, like always ready. Holly Holmes <laughs> won't go away. But uh, I think if Megan, all right. So Megan's plan to win, what she has to do. Man, have you seen the weigh-in pictures? She's way taller. Yeah. Like, she has the reach. She has the height. Uh, I think she's going to pressure early with the striking. She can't throw any kicks unless it's straight kicks to the body or straight kicks to to the head, push kicks, teep kicks, Anderson Silva style. Because uh, Nunes, I think, will be looking to wrestle and grapple this fight. I think we're going to see wrestler Nunes. She has a complete MMA game now. She's used it in the past. I think this is the one where she's going to show off more of her grappling, more of her wrestling or clinching. I don't think she's looking to take chances this late in her career. Or not really even late. I think she's still, what, 32? 
Man Nunez is 32, yeah. So she's in her prime. Megan's in her prime. Megan's 31. But uh, Megan's the real 145er. And Amanda Nunez, you know, can jump to 135. No way Megan can make 35. There's no way. <laughs> she's a big lady. So she's um, got to show up with that full frame. She's got to keep her off of her, use teep kicks, use her range, use her reach, and have the performance of a lifetime. Now, there's a point in some fighter's career when they finally get the opportunity, they rise to the occasion. And that is what Megan Anderson has to do in this fight, is rise to the occasion and put it on Nunez. Unfortunately, Nunez has that complete MMA game. We'll see. I think we're going to see wrestler Nunez versus striker Megan. What do you think? Uh, I think that it's going to be a kickboxing match. Like It's just going to so. be super technical. I think it's going to be a straight-up kick. I think it's going to be a, what, Jermaine Durandamy versus uh, Nunez. Like, I think it's going to be like that, super technical. And they're just going to uh, – if Nunez doesn't knock her out either immediately, it's probably going to be done in third or fourth round or by the city. She wins by decision. It just matters uh, if Megan shows up, which is yes. like, like you just gotta. And she's so tall, like Anderson has to like utilize those leg kicks for the long decision win. If she throws a leg, she's gonna get taken down. That's what I think. I think Nunez is coming to uh, to wrestle. I just think she's so secure with her legacy and her championship wins. She's just gonna look to. You know, she sees the weakness. Megan has so much problems on the ground and in the clinch. Like, the one girl who beat her, uh, Felicia Spencer, who got, you know, destroyed by Noons, you know, just took her to the ground real quick and, you know, choked her out in the first <laughs> round. And she's like five foot five. She's so <laughs> short and was able to just easily take down Megan. And even Megan's last fight, the girl doesn't even have a Wikipedia page was able to clinch Megan up against the fence. She just has – she's had a year to hold up, you know, the boat in that department of the clinch and the grappling. So hopefully she's been training that a lot. I think Noons is going to easily win in those areas. And I think if Noons comes back – comes out and kickboxes with Megan, it's a mistake, but she is a world-class striker as well, like you're saying, like, she has a complete game. It's really hard to beat Noons. Megan has to have a performance of a lifetime, and I think do it fast and early. I don't think Megan's going to win a decision. Uh, agreed. We, we both got fucking um, – we both got uh, Nunez winning. Like, Yeah, but, you know, I'm hoping <laughs> Megan rises to the occasion. I would like to see Megan – rise to the occasion win. Yeah. I love these stories of someone finally getting an opportunity and uh, rising to that occasion. I'd, I'd love to see that. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all we can say about that fight. <laughs> We're both rooting for Megan. Noons will probably get it done, though, with her complete game. Hmm. To the main event, Jan Blahovich versus Israel Adesanya, middleweight champion, coming up to fight Jan. It has never happened before in the UFC. Uh, 
this Israel weighed in at the lightest a contender for the championship has ever weighed in at 205 at 201. Uh, what are your initial thoughts? Um, Jam better learn some wrestling. Like He actually <laughs> has said earlier this week that he was actually kind of hinting that he's probably going to be looking for takedowns and clinching. Because he, he has a couple of submission victories. Like, he can choke the hell out of people. Um, uh, he um, – And Jan's a guy who's been around the block in MMA. Like, yeah, I remember him fighting Sokaju back in 2011. You know, he lost real quick from a leg injury and then came back in a rematch and beat him. Like, Jan, Jan Blachowicz is a name we've heard around for a long time. And when he finally got to the UFC, had a rough start. And you're like, oh, he's not going to work out. And then all of a sudden goes on a tear and wins the championship. Oh. But only <laughs> because John Jones moved to heavyweight. Yeah. Um, that's that's one thing that um, – that's one thing I noticed too. Uh, he's 38 years old. He's old. He's an older guy, 38. But he's in the heavier division. So at 38, yeah. at light heavyweight is when, like, you know, fighters like Chuck Liddell start going downhill – but other fighters like Randy Couture and Dan Henderson are still in their prime. So you never know in these heavier divisions if 38 really matters or not. And uh, he seems like his knockout power has come out in his age. The Polish power, as he claims, you know, knocked out Luke Rockhold. He beat two, uh, you know, bloated middleweights in a row, Rockhold and uh, uh, Jacare. So I don't find those wins all that impressive. And he, it was a split decision against Jacare. I mean, going to a split decision with Jacare in 2019 is not the most impressive thing, but still, it's a name. Yeah. Then he beat two kind of still up-and-coming fighters, Corey Anderson and Dominic Reyes, who, uh, you know, are still – I don't think they're all that young, but in MMA, you know, they're not – they just haven't been around the block like Jan has. Yeah, they're both over 30, but – uh just haven't seen everything that Jan has seen. And that's how Jan was able to piece them up with his veteran like tricks. I, I keep Just thinking Izzy's I keep thinking Izzy's uh like 20, 26 or 27 years old. I keep forgetting like he's he's like he's already had a full career. He's 31. <laughs> he's already had but guess what? Jan, those tricks aren't gonna work against Izzy because Izzy has seen it all in the striking department. He's had a full kickboxing Muay Thai career. I mean, like 80 fights or something. Total, 80. Um, kickboxing record, 75 and 5. It's insane. The key for Izzy is just speed. I think that he's going to strike and move. Izzy's I think the key be... for Izzy is just standing. <laughs> Period. Uh, Jan, yeah, Jan's never seen – is he striking in a full-fledged, you know, MMA fight? 100% is he's going to win. Um, I would like Yan to win. I don't – I mean, I'd rather not see somebody become lightweight, heavy, light heavyweight champion to, like, go troll John Jones. Yes, like, let's I, mention that, too. <laughs> Izzy fully has moved up <laughs> because John Jones moved up, and he's like, well, I'm going to go get his belt. That's pretty much it. And it's going to be like a year back and forth and be like, come get your belt back. Yeah, if John Jones was still the champion, Izzy would not be fighting for the belt right now. 
He would be looking to fight him probably at the end of the year, though. Uh, he said um, he wanted know, to fight him over the summer at first. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember he had an interview. Uh, Izzy had an interview, and like he was like, "I'll be ready for John Jones in like 2023 2021. or 2024." No, I think he said 2021. Twenty. Oh, I thought he was trying to himself like. Two I think years. he was looking to fight him this year over the summer. Mm-hmm. But John moves uh, up, Jan wins the belt, and he's like, well, this is easy pickings. But that's a thing that Jan has, too, people overlooking. Yeah. I think his last few fighters who have fought him, being uh, you know Reyes and uh, Anderson, have kind of overlooked the man. And you can't overlook Jan. I don't think Izzy's going to do that, though, at all. Izzy's coming in. I think this is we're going to see a similar performance to the Paulo Costa fight. But – Jan's going to be smarter than Paulo. Let's yeah, not compare Jan to Paulo Costa because it's just not a comparison. Paulo Costa is off his rocker, apparently. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's going on with that dude. But if we'd have had the podcast when they when they were about to fight, I would have said that would have been my pick was Izzy easily. They were hyping it up like it's the greatest middle. I, I did not believe any – I didn't even watch the pay-per-view because I was like, this is not even close. I mean, Paulo had like – what's he had, like eight fights or something? He it was ridiculous to come to even think that he was that big of a threat, but you know, they did it. I didn't think Paulo beat, uh, uh, Yoel Romero. Yoel. I didn't think he beat Yoel. Okay. He was 13 and 0. So that's pretty good. That's, you know, you go 13 and 0, you're going to get a title shot, but he beat Yoel, Uriah Hall, Johnny Hendricks fight. It wasn't that great of a streak. And I didn't think he beat Yoel Romero. But anyway, that's not what we're talking about. But uh, it's just my little rant for that fight. Uh, the <laughs> hype was ridiculous for that fight, I thought. And comparing Jan to Paulo is ridiculous, but at the same time, similar. It's, it's hard to explain, but I think Jan is smarter than Paulo in the fight. 100%. World. Um, either Izzy knocks him out in the first round or – I don't think it's going to be – I don't know. I don't know why I'm like getting um like Kevin Gaslam versus uh Izzy vibes for this fight. I felt them <laughs> too thinking about this fight. I'm like, we might see a, a bloody beaten yawn coming into third or fourth, and he's just head hunting Izzy. Like we we don't know how tough Yan really is. I think this fight we get to see how tough Yan is. And plus Israel's the smaller guy. Yan's gonna come in probably like 220. He doesn't come in heavy. He doesn't. He said he doesn't like the way his body feels when he comes in overly heavy. So he's only going to be 215, 220, which uh, most uh, light heavyweights come in about 225, 230. Mm-hmm. So he likes the lighter frame as well, but he, that's still 20 pounds over Israel. But uh, Israel's on the level, and, and Jan's not that type of wrestler. Where I don't think the weight plays any sort of factor, except for maybe he can take a couple more punches. Yes, it. Um, will it probably be Friday night? I'm guessing it's gonna um, be Friday night. I'm thinking so. I don't think Jan is gonna get put away that fast, but he's gonna he's gonna get outclassed in the striking department. I think for sure. I I just want it to be a good fight. Hopefully, it doesn't end in like thirty seconds. Um, I don't think so. Yeah, hope hopefully it doesn't. Paulo um, made it two rounds. Yeah, Izzy really is really respectful. You know. That first round, 
unless you really <laughs> make a blaring error against the man. Uh, the, the only way Izzy slow. only way Izzy slows down is uh, if he gets hit a one good time, like he did with the uh, Romero fight. And he yeah. was like, all right, cool, not charging in again. Right. Romero hit him early enough where Izzy was like, okay, the dude really does have scary power. And he doesn't <laughs> want to admit that after the fight, but, I mean, clearly the power had to come in consideration. And y'all made it weird. Like I say, once you – it's not Israel's fault that fight happened the way it did. I blame y'all. Once you make it weird, it's your fault. He made the fight weird. <laughs> it's his fault. It's it's weird how people go about that too because uh, people were mad at Izzy for that fight. Yeah, but, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, why are we mad at Izzy? Joel's the one who started dancing and putting his in. He stopped fighting. Israel's not gonna run in. He's had eighty, you know, eighty kickboxing fights. He's not gonna just start swinging on the guy for wanting to dance for a second or whatever he was doing. Another good comparison is um. Um, there's there's a couple of them. Yeah, uh, the biggest one I can remember is uh, right recently was uh, Usman and uh, Masvidal, where everybody just like hated Masvidal. <laughs> I uh, mean uh, Usman, Usman, my bad. Yeah, everybody hated Usman, and it was like, all right, like he implemented. That a was a good fight, though. I don't think those are comparable. That's a that's that was a decent enough fight. Uh, it was a great fight for us. Like the mass, like really hated that fight. I don't understand it either. Uh, Jorge, you know, weeks notice, uh, neither of them, you know, could put together complete game plans against each other. I think Jorge showed enough early, which kicked in Usman's wrestling, and then Usman was like, I'm not even going to risk it. Like, Usman cannot afford to lose to a guy on a week's notice. <laughs> it's just, no. And uh, the reason the Gilberts-Burns fight, you know, they were former – they apparently sparred all the time. Yeah. So – they knew they were just ready to fight. They don't need a feeling out process. You know, <laughs> started attacking him immediately, and uh, no, he he knew he needed to, but it still didn't work out for him. But yeah, um, fight. the only way I see Izzy losing if he gets caught or if he just comes in being like superly overly confident. Yeah, if he, if he completely disrespects Jan, it could be. You know, Polish power. <laughs> Can't deny the Polish power. You walk into it, you go on night-night. But anyway, yeah. So let's make our final picks with uh, the three championship fights. We'll keep it to there. So Jan, Sterling, make a final pick. Uh, you go first, and then I'll we'll, we'll rotate on each fight. Um, I got Jan and Sterling. I got, I got Sterling by submission. Uh, Sterling, yeah. In those uh, later, in those later rounds, later three or four. Yeah, I'll say the same thing. Agreed. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Noons. Uh, come on, computer. Noons Anderson. I think. I think there's a time in a fighter's <laughs> career where they rise to the occasion <laughs> and they meet, you know, that unbeatable champion. They meet them middle of the octagon, and they put on a performance of their life. I'm going Megan Anderson. Uh, she has to do it pretty early, though. That's a tough, you know, it's tough. But I just like the story. I'm going Megan. I'm going uh, new champions all around the block tonight. What you got? 
I got um, Nunez. Like we said, Nunez is probably going to win. We just want we we just want uh, Anderson to get it. Like that's that's pretty much all we want is Anderson to get it. Well, final pick, Creole. You got to make a statement. Um, Anderson. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <main> event. <laughs> Boy, we are probably going to get roasted in the comments after tonight. Uh, or we're going to look like true, you know, heroes. Uh, Jan Blahovitz, Israel, Adesanya, middleweight versus light heavyweight champion. Who you got? Um, Izzy. Izzy. Mm-hmm. Like, Izzy. <laughs> this man. Uh so uh, we're, uh, we are picks of May, Calf Kick MMA coming out strong in the first episode. Three new champions tonight is what we're predicting. New belts for everybody. Everybody getting a belt. Yep. So I agree. And to go right before we go off the air, uh, UFC announced this week they have released Junior Dos Santos and Alistair Overeem. I just want to comment on that real quick. <laughs> Truly the end of an era for the heavyweight division. Yeah. Kane Jr. and Overeem are now gone. You know, there was a point where Kane Jr., Overeem, and Lesnar were the top four in the division. And, uh, you know, they're all gone now. That was uh, some exciting fights back in the day. Uh I think people, you know, you stick around this game so long, people who just jumped into the game three or four years ago have no respect for probably Dos Santos and Overeem fully. You know, they've just seen them get KO'd. <laughs> Seems like they get to a big fight, get KO'd. Beat a couple people, get to a big fight, get KO'd. And, uh, you know, go back and watch their old fights, man. The demolition man, Alistair Overeem was literally champion of the world at one point. He had a belt everywhere. Strike Force uh, was a dream, had a belt and dream. Like K1, the biggest one, K1. Won the K1, uh, what's it called, a Grand Prix? Yeah. I mean, it was KOing everybody in 2010, 2011. It was insane. And when he signed with the UFC, it was like, who's going to beat him? And of course, he popped for steroids, and you know, then, you know, Bigfoot beating. It was downhill from there. He never won a UFC championship. It sucks. I like uh, end of an era. What are your thoughts? Um, if you weren't around for uh, Cain Velasquez versus Junior Dos Santos, they had a trilogy fight, right? Trilogy, yes. Santos uh, and- KO'd Kane under a minute on Fox, the very first Fox card. Rematched, Kane won an epic decision, and then the third fight, he KOs him like in the fifth or something. Uh, if you if, if everybody goes back and watch that fight, you get to see like those were grueling fights, and Brutal. both of them have never been the same. Never been this. Those fights were so brutal. The rematch and the trilogy fight were two of the most brutal heavyweight fights of all time. Truly took probably years off their life. Like insane fights um like it's i don't i really don't know what junior dos santos is gonna do uh alistair has tons of options uh i see alistair fighting next on the rising card uh, yeah. <laughs> um i don't think either of them done 
I think we'll see Dos Santos and Bellator. Yeah. Over him, I think Rising. I see uh Junior Santos one. being a backup for the uh for the Bellator heavyweight, heavyweight tournament. Yep, yep, yep. Wait, uh, no, they're not doing heavyweight. It was light heavyweight, wasn't it? Light heavyweight? Yeah, yeah, it was light heavyweight. Bellator yeah. announced the light heavyweight uh match. We'll have to talk about it on the next podcast. I think we're running pretty long. Mm-hmm. Um then uh yeah, Alice Overeem, the uh, a lot of people have him as the GOAT. Uh and that would have been like a hundred percent stamped down as him probably being the greatest heavyweight of all time. He needed to win the UFC fight, yeah. the UFC belt. That's all he was missing. Yeah. And he would have been, you know, undeniable. Couldn't get it done. Uh, you know, beat oh. Brock, lost a uh, Bigfoot, fought his way back up, fought Stipe. Stipe beats him. Uh, incredible, incredible careers from both both individuals. Junior Santos was definitely like my favorite heavyweight at one point. Mm. Great, great fighter. He's a fantastic boxer. Never the same after the Kane fights. Alistair must have had a great relationship with Dana White as well. For um, yeah, because they kept him around for a very long time. And he was an expensive fighter. Yeah. So to keep him around with the price tag he had, uh. It's pretty crazy. They kept him around for so long. So yeah, he must have had a great relationship. Who did he just lose to? Uh, uh, Russian. Yeah, Volkanov. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Volkov. Volkov. Um, yeah. Put on a crazy performance against him. Jabbed him up. One two. One two. Mm-hmm. One, two. No, but, um, really, Alistair just looked out of the, out of his league. Junior Dos Santos always came in very um, like. Junior Santos came there and knocked you out. I like the way uh, there was like four phases of uh, Alistair Overeem's career, though, where like mm-hmm. he came in there just swing and try to knock you out, and then somewhere down the line he became super technical. I mean, uh, I think that's Alistair when he Overeem fight Chuck Liddell at one point. <laughs> at two hundred five, I forgot all about that. Wow, insane. Um, wow. Um, it just sucks to see his brother never got the uh, recognition. No, um, it's uh, <laughs> uh, Valentine, Valentine. Yeah. No. When I think of uh, Valentine, I think of uh, Clay Guida's uh, big brother. Yep, yep, yep. yep, yep. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Jason Guida? Yeah, Jason Guida. Boy, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Clay Guida, man, Clay Guida came back, put it on, whoever's last fight it was. Big shout out to Clay Guida, man. That was awesome. That was against uh, – Once again, I love some old fighters still putting it on them these days. Was that not against uh, Diego Sanchez? No. Diego Sanchez? No. He fought some up-and-comer a car or two ago. No, Clay Guida? Clay Guida just won a fight in the UFC like a month ago. Against uh, Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson, yep, yep. Where'd up-and-coming come from? (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. (laughs) Um, Look, there's a bunch of fights these days. It's hard to keep <laughs> up with. So uh, we're, we, you know, back in the day, it was like a fight card once a month, and at one point, it was like once three or four months. We were really, really watched it. You know, back in the day, where you were like mouth watering, ready to watch a fight, and now it's every week. It's hard to keep. Yeah, he beat Michael Johnson back in the beginning of February. Decision. It was a really good performance. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Really he definitely didn't beat an uppercomer. That's my bad. 
<laughs> Great performance, though. I think we've talked for too long at this point. Now we're just rambling. But, uh, yeah, so tonight, UFC 259, I'm excited. It's going to be awesome. Three new champions. You've heard it here first, Calf Kick, MMA Pod. Uh, we're going to try and do this. We'll try weekly. Can't promise that. Probably bi-weekly is more going to be like <laughs> it. Definitely before a big fight card, I'm going to be zooming you up. All right. Yeah, that'll work. All righty. I like how we went through a whole podcast not mentioning McGregor. <laughs> Good deal. You can tell a couple of old heads talking when McGregor is not mentioned once, but had to bring him up now. Yeah. All right. That's all I got, Creole. You got anything to plug? People uh, somewhere? No, nah, that's hopefully we can uh, keep keep doing this. Uh, yeah, like, subscribe, comment below what you thought. Uh, you can email us at calfkickmmapod at gmail for any whatever you want to email us. <laughs> and uh, right now we're on YouTube. You know, I'll maybe work on getting us to a, a listening platform, iTunes or whatever. I don't know. I had to look into it right now. YouTube until, you know, we don't have microphones or nothing. We're just talking into the universe on Zoom. So we'll see how this goes. We'll see this what this becomes. I finally got Creole's been wanting a uh, podcast for a while. You got your podcast. All right, yeah, all right, awesome. Creole. Yeah, I've been wanting to do this forever. So yeah. So there you go. Happy birthday. <laughs> Early birthday for you. Sweet. All right, we're out. All right, later. Later.